You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and... What the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. What's up, friends? <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. We're not daily this season, but we are definitely changing it up. Because, you know, we did daily. We, we checked that box 365 days in a row. I also would not recommend anyone in their right mind uh, to do that ever again. Uh, and the beauty of this uh, with our new season is that I get to bring in some new co-hosts. We get to change up some of the, the structure, some of the, the really just the, the flavor of our, our show, the, the way that the content goes. But um, there's one warning that I will kind of put out at the beginning. And this is a lesson that you're just going to have to learn. For all of season one, I attempted really hard to create short episodes in like the 10 to 15 minute range. Anyone that knows the average uh, episode for all 365 was like 43 to 49 minutes long. So the truth of this is I'm adding new variables, adding new co-hosts. We are not going to make short episodes. And so that's the beauty of uh, kind of the the warning for everyone that's out there is we get to have some fun conversations, uh, dive deep. And I'm excited to bring on uh, another new uh, co-host of the show. Many of you are familiar with him as not only has he been a guest and someone that's been uh, traveling with me uh, around the world uh, to different places for different events, uh, but someone that I you know value his uh, experience in the space. I also happen to be involved in his project and he's doing some great things there. But uh, Travi, welcome as a as officially as co-host, uh, first co-host episode of uh, season number two, my friend. Excited to have you here. Thank you. Long time coming and uh, I absolutely find this to be an honor. Uh, as you mentioned, you and I have traveled. Uh, we were out in NFT London. I just got back from Art Basel and uh, just got word that, you know, I'll be presenting over there at NFT NYC. And it's funny because having been a guest uh, before I was a co-host, uh, you know, we had a, a couple episodes. And one thing that came up in both of our talks was what we're going to talk about today. And that's fly fish trust. And, um, you know, it's something that I personally find a lot of value in not just as a holder, but, you know, in the future of what NFTs can do and deliver. Um, it's one of the things that really opened my mind to what NFTs can do for, you know, the general public mass adoption one day and all that kind of stuff. But for right now, it's a really close, friendly community. And I'm really happy and excited that we get to talk with Roddy today. Yeah, you know, and I'll tell you, Trevi, you know, what's funny is, we, you know, before I think you and I were you know, kind of interacting as much as we were, you know, it's funny in this space, not everyone docks to themselves. Right. And then I remember you and I kind of going back and forth before fly flesh club uh, launched. And I was like, you're like, yeah, man, I can just jump into the city. And I was like, Oh, okay. Hold on. I think I now know where Trav, I now know Travi's uh, geographical location, which, you know, I'm in the DC area. Right. So like having, you know, having someone that's like kind of on my uh, East coast radar, uh, is always like a pleasure, right? I I feel like I'll like I'll find somebody where we ha- where we hang out talking, and they're like they're in Denver or they're in LA, and I'm like, damn. So like I remember that being part of it. But yeah, I think with that being said, uh, we will welcome in our our guests for today's episode. So uh, David, thanks so much for joining us, uh, David with Flyfish Club. Uh, give us a little bit of your background, even the kind of like prior to Flyfish Club, and we'll get into uh, kind of a discussion on right around Flyfish Club. Cool. So pumped to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, hospitality industry for about 20 plus years, entrepreneur, kind of working my whole life way before that, always been doing stuff, um, started an event planning company when I was super young, worked at the local bowling alley, pizza delivery guy, just always kind of 
you know, doing stuff and out there. Uh, went to school for finance, was a business major, and just always kind of came back to um, social social experiences, putting together events, conjugating with large groups of people, um, owning and operating different types of venues, started with lounges, nightclubs, and bars in my 20s, and then graduated more towards, you know, restaurants, chef-driven restaurants. I partnered with uh, an incredible chef named Alex Stupak. I co-founded a group with him called Empeone, where we have five restaurants uh, open now in Manhattan, a couple under development. I uh, operated that group alongside Alex for about eight and a half, nine years, and then took a pause, uh, wanted to do some stuff on my own. Gary and I have been closed for about 10, 12 years. He was also an investor of mine in the early days of Empeone. Uh, we've been close friends, spent a lot of time together over COVID, and just felt like there was something to do. We're having a lot of fun with creative conversations and felt that you marrying up my skill set of, of operating and hospitality, you know, with his of marketing, tech, branding, felt like there was something um, interesting to explore there. I was simultaneously having some conversations with Josh Capon, who is a close friend, a celebrated chef in Manhattan, and uh, trying to figure out ways that we can maybe do some stuff together. And ironically, he was also having some conversations with another decorated chef named Connor Hanlon. Uh, who is a culinary director for the NoHo Hospitality Group, you know, and through, you know, conversations, being very honest with each other, hearing where we were all coming from, there was a common theme of um, what we were all looking for. And something that started with just Gary and I blossomed into forming a new group that was called VCR Group, uh, a modern hospitality company. And our first major application or concept was Fly Fish Club. Um, you know, in 2021, there was this, you know, rally around these three-letter words called NFTs. Gary came into my home in the beginning of March, um, kind of flocking his hands all over the place, screaming, NFTs are everything. This is where we have to spend our time. I want you to think of a lot of different ways that we could um, explore utilizing them in, in the hospitality industry. So came up with a list of 10 ideas. Uh, we got very excited as a group about member-based uh, environments. There was an acceleration of member clubs through COVID because um, whether it was marketing or reality, it seemed like people wanted to be in more private dynamics rather than just massive public spaces and felt that that was, you know, more trusted or more health conscious. So there was uh, there was an acceleration of them. And, you know, I, I frequented member clubs my entire life, you know, just felt the model always was interesting, always worked. And through NFTs, we found a use case of leveraging the technology to authenticate an ownership of people's access to Fly Fish Club. You still pay for food and beverage, which is typical in the member game. However, rather than just renting a social experience through the use of NFTs, you actually own your membership. We had this aha moment. We thought it was very creative. We got very excited. We tested it with a handful of trusted, you know, peers and friends in, you know, in our industry and other industries. And, you know, since that day, didn't look back, built a team of developers and engineers and designers 
built the model, started, you know, really just getting focused on this and spent the greater part of 2021 developing it, doing a, a whitelist small mint in December, and then doing the official, you know, public mint in early January. Um, you know, in the greater part of 21, you know, we talk about NFTs like this is lifetimes ago, but last year, you know, everybody was just purely focused on collectibles and NFTs and community and pictures and, you know, the speculative market of investment of what things were worth, you know, founders, uh, you know, trying to find where to where to put their money for these, you know, quick projects of hopeful quick appreciation. And everyone was running this way. And I was just focused on the other way. You know, I felt like harnessing the community was important and artwork and all of that was definitely important. But that was, you know, that was 1% of what we were thinking. We were just, at the time, no one was thinking about it. We were purely focused on utility. We were focused on, you know, we're hospitality guys. We know the pain points of our industry. We know what we're good at. We know what we don't do well. And, and there are just challenges in the overall overarching industry. How could NFTs bring more value to us, our partners, our community, our clients, our members? And that's what we were focused on. And now, you know, I, I, I think that we play some role in the, in the bigger market of where the change is going. I definitely don't believe that we are the reason for it, but I think that we brought some attention to it. And now a lot of people or most people, whether it's out of, you know, uh, pure thoughts or it's forced because everything has or 95 percent of the products have failed, like Gary said they were going to be, whether it was forced, whether it was, you know, out of inspiration of, you know, projects like Flyfish Club and other projects, whatever it may be, everybody has now shifted this way. And is now the game is bringing value, real value, you know, not, you know, speculative value, you know, to members um, on the other side of that transaction. So we were always thinking about that. This wasn't a new thought for us. We're going to continue to think about that. You know, I think that we have a leg up on everybody because this is pure to us. We've always been in real life people creating memorable social experiences you know, this is what we do. We're comfortable with it. Yep. You know, I think we have the best partner in the game, Gary, who teaches and educates us on the things that we don't know. And every time that people think that we're done or that, you know, we've provided what we've said or then some, we're going to try to come over the top and then do more. So yep. we're very excited to be where we are. We're humble about it. We're grateful for it. And we're going to keep going. No, yeah, I, I, I love that. And, and Trevi, you, I mean, I, when we mentioned, I teased it there because Trevi, you're, you're a holder. And I think, uh, you know, I think for many of us in the space, I, you know, it was a buzz when it was launched, right? And I think the narrative was like kind of the combination of like, what the hell is Gary Vee doing now, right? There's like, uh, there's something offline with a restaurant. Like that was kind of like the initial like buzz. Um, and, you know, for anyone that went to VCon, you know, I was lucky enough to be there at VCon. And, you know, there was also a kind of a buzz and conversation around like, you know, Gary delivering on that first kind of utility uh, of V friends, right? And like, to me, still holds the bar as the premier 
uh, NFT event, especially project event. I haven't been to one that has you know, uh, has been better than that event as a whole. And I didn't ex I didn't know what to expect because I've you know you know thankfully been in the Gary ecosystem for a long while, and he kind of took me under his wing a little bit in 2014 at South by Southwest, and you've know, been lucky to kind of follow that journey since that uh, that time. But then you know the the element of like okay. I, you know, for those that missed V Friends or those that were welcomed into the space with V Friends, there were moving parts. Travi, I'm curious from your take, you know, what was your like aha? How did you start to see it? Um, and then how did you kind of like uh, as you kind of experienced it from your side? Because we have a kind of a unique double take here on the uh, on the podcast. Yeah, so I'm a holder, as as everybody out there uh, maybe doesn't know, maybe does know. I've I've been very you know vocal about the how proud I am to have gotten a Flyfish Club token. Um, you know, and going back to January uh, or, you know, that winter time when it launched, it sold out in seconds. And I, you know, it's it's something to have an advisor, you know, like I have Fanzo as an advisor for things I'm working on. And Roddy, you have, you know, Gary in there with you. Um, and Gary is great. You know, we all love Gary. I also have to say that having, you know, heard you and, you know, Chef Connor and Chef Capon in some of your discussions, it really, it, it showed me that this was going to be, something beyond kind of like that digital token it, it really it really proved to me that you were you know on the ground working and i have to say this you mentioned how gary talked about 90 some odd percent of, of projects were going to fail and we and we're seeing that happen but something a lot of people might not remember is a lot there were a lot of road roadmaps for different nft projects right and many of them were not completed it could have been something simple like we're going to donate this money to charity or it could have been something more like <laughs> We're going to send everyone a t-shirt whatever the things were so many of them were not being met but what i saw as on the collector side here with flyfish club was not only did you have a roadmap in place for holders but there was more and more added to it and no. so you you've talked about this surprise and delight conversation before no. and everything that's been on the roadmap has not only, not only been met but there were pop-ups there were surprises there were things at nft nyc that i was able to go to we just uh, had a party at Tao in, in Manhattan where, you know, I don't, I don't want to, Roddy, I know that there's some stuff you probably want to talk about as far as the announcement that happened. No, no, man. Uh, but, but just from the holder side, I want to say this, because we will get to it once we kind of crack open the nuts and bolts of what Flyfish Club really has to offer. Some of the best friends I've met within this, the NFT community, I met as a part of Flyfish Club. I love that. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about buddies in Discord, because even, even back to, before some of the first events, it might have been right after the very first one where you had the Miami boat party or the Miami yacht party. We were we were busting on you guys like, hey, we really want hats. Like that was our big thing. It was I kind of led that charge. And then after a while, like we really got hats. And it was such like to me, just the most random thing to ask for. Never really thought like flyfish hats were gonna be a big deal. And now everywhere we go in every event, you make sure that there's an array of hats for everybody and and we got the fly fish club you know air force one so fans i guess my point is there you know and gary's talked about this as well when when you're getting involved in something like this something that's so new not that the restaurant industry or the hospitality industry is, is new for these guys but the nft world in general you bet on the jockey and not the horse and we could have been like cool gary's got another project but with this one it was great because there were because the chefs and Roddy really helped to kind of lead that charge. So, yeah, Thank and, you. I and, absolutely, man. And you're very present at the event. So that's the last thing I want to put too. It's not just kind of a thing where the holders go and, you know, we, we, we go to a bar or we have some drinks or something. It's, we get to talk with you 
you're very down to earth and it seems that, to me that you really appreciate you know us showing up listen we're, we're we're grateful and appreciate it all you know i'll touch on a few things first the hats you know everybody made a big deal about these hats and listen man we we listen like like in in our industry you have to really be in tune with the guest right like and there's a lot of people it's odd there's a lot of people in hospitality hospitality means to go above and beyond and there's a lot of people in our industry that really are just providing service service really just means kind of like the, the the necessary steps to get people food and beverage and make sure that the obvious components are coming to them they order you bring them food you know they ask for other things you bring them to them you know they get a check at the end it's a transactional relationship right hospitality is how do you create special moments for people that go above and beyond and that they could reflect on and that's what we do that's what i've always done was how do you wow a guest in a night like that was my goal i used to spend time with my managers like how do you wow somebody give me 10 ideas how to wow somebody not just get through the service like do something weird do something silly do something crazy i want to hear like and then we could talk about if it's you know realistic or not is it cost effective does this hurt our brand does this help is this replicatable like you know we would dive into that but let's start let's talk about some crazy ideas so you know and josh is like that and connor is like that and gary is, has been hospitable at his core his entire life so i bring this up because we listen you know people wanted hats you know we love wearing hats and you know we're not going to do everything that our our community wants because you know we also trust our own gut because we're operators and if we just do everything that everybody says there's going to be no point of view right um so but we thought this was a good idea there was clearly like this internal joke around it and we thought like let's have some fun with this one let's spend 20 $23,000 on hats and, and, and place the biggest order that this company has ever seen. Um, you bring up the roadmap, you know, sure, we could have minted an NFT on the heels of Gary's brand and done probably the same and not even promised a third of it. You know, in hindsight, we probably could have sold out the same project without even the promise of a restaurant. In hindsight, we probably could have done everything we did brought in the same amount of revenue or close and probably have just been a collectible with physical events and community and, you know, virtual cooking things and wine tastings. Um, and still it would have been differentiated by the, by the, by the lens of hospitality, but it didn't have to include this, you know, 10 million plus dollar juggernaut that we're building. Um, the roadmap was what allowed us to be very comfortable and confident in putting ourselves out there and, and showing people that here, here's our transparent list of what we're going to do. Here is what our promises are. And everybody else's either was much smaller or they were roadmaps and then as you watched over the weeks, they went away. What we did is we went the other way. We not only executed those things, and they were big things. They were eight physical events that, you know, the monetary side is one piece 
And that's not the most important part of it, but each event was $100,000 plus to produce. But the time, the commitment, the resources, the, the, the experience, the curation, the menus, the, the video reels, we then were, you know, hiring videographers around those events and creating amazing collateral and, and new merchandise and, you know, kept building upon that roadmap. And if you go to it now, it's more built out. It's there's highlight reels, there's recaps. And then, you know, when people thought it was over, we were like, fuck it. Sorry, I don't know if we could curse here, but you're good. Yeah, we're web three. We you're good. <laughs> we're like, you know what? Like people think that this is it. Let's 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 do more. Let's we have an idea for another event. Let's go bigger. Let's have more fun. Let's show people what we're about. And that was what gave us the confidence to do something so crazy and launch this membership NFT club and us knowing that it would be a year, two years out. How do we give people the confidence and how do we show that we're not just trading on Gary's brand? How do we show that we care and we're not just taking this for granted? And it was that. And obviously we could have still, you know, done what everybody else did and went away or done them at 10% or pulled events away or, or, you know, rug pulled. And all I could say is we have our intent, our actions map towards that intent, and we're going to continue to map and, or hopefully exceed, you know, our actions versus our intent. You know, one of the things that I said on, on the last episode of the show, um, for those that are listening here, right, like, um, was that, you know, one of the biggest problems has been in the NFT space was the lack of an actual business that the NFT was was giving either access to or built upon, right? And and it's not, you know, in many cases, we can't fault a lot of the NFT projects because they were deemed projects that a whole lot of speculation, a whole lot of, like, they flipped the weird, you know, uh, raising funds model upside down rather than, like, a Kickstarter or... You're like, hey, this is what we've done. We're going to raise money. It's like, this is what we think we could one day do. Give us your money now, right? And we know that that's kind of what the market kind of portrayed. But I will say, like, the Flyfish Club marketing, I think even after that first announcement, it for me, and it went from, like, a, a Gary V's doing another thing to, wow, look at how how defined – you know, in not only the chef conversation, right, but like the vision. And, you know, for me, like I, I like a weird uh, tie-in is like my very first, I was 14 years old and it was like one of those things at school, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I was like, I want to own a sports bar. And so my dad took me and got me like my first trademark on my name. And so it's the fan zone. I own fan zone sports bar where that was my last name being Fanzo. It was like the easy segue in there. Uh, and then my family owned a frozen yogurt shop uh, from I was 14 till 20 um, out in Virginia Beach. And I quickly learned, holy hell, is that business model uh, a lot of work, a lot of you know, like owning owning a, you know, any kind of a physical establishment, understanding kind of the, the ebbs and flows that, that kind of come into a market. But I think interestingly enough, with Flyfish Club tying it back into NFTs, as you said, like the, the membership club model, right? The exclusive, that, that wasn't like what was being reinvented. Ultimately, it's using the blockchain to facilitate a lot of the things that were not possible in the in the membership model of, of old, but then also doing it in a way that is kind of that over deliver. And I, I will just say, you like I I've, I'm a huge hospitality guy. I've traveled to 76 countries and I always tell people like 
I will fly Delta for three times more the price because Delta takes care of me. I yeah. will drive by nine other hotels to stay at a Marriott because I've been, I, I mean, not, it's not a brag. It's actually a shameful thing. I've been to 1,200 nights in a Marriott in my, in my life, right? I mean, more nights in a Marriott than I would ever want anyone to stay in. But I say that because there is something beautiful about the hospitality space. It's desire to understand trust, understand loyalty. And let's face it. NFTs have been sold on trust and loyalty, but the people behind them have never had to be held accountable to deliver on those two metrics. And so I, I think it's a beautiful thing of what you've built. And I will say, when I saw the market turning, I, for one, from the outside was like, this is the opportunity for Flyfish Club to pull back and say, we're not going to do the restaurant. Hey, we, it was a great idea. We had this vision. We were, we were moving this direction. And I mean, I remember I was sitting with Travi. We were having a, a drink at the bar and he's like, dude, I got to go. And I was like, what do you mean? You're not hanging with me tonight? And he's like, I got a fly fish club. I was like, oh, this is where the exclusive piece comes, right? And it was, it was like for me, I mean, it was in real life FOMO, but it was also like a, another recognition of like utility being dropped that, that is tangible. So I'm curious, you know, David, from your, you know, your take on, you know, because the NFT does facilitate something unique, but ultimately you're delivering on your bread and butter, pun intended, from the from the jump, you know, and creating kind of a exclusive experiences. I'm curious, beyond like the NFT being able to be bought and sold and traded and have kind of like a public, you know, front door onto what you've been building, what are some of the other byproducts? I know you mentioned like kind of like the conversation with community members, but what are some of the other byproducts you've been able to kind of uh, kind of leverage thanks to having this NFT? as part of this really, you know, unique IRL experience? Listen, I think what it's provided us, some of the byproducts is like, you can't disregard the power of the community. You know, I think Travi said it very well. Like there's something incredible being built here. And it's like, we're all in it together. And our holders, you know, I, I love what we've created at MPO and I'm still a minority, you know, equity holder. Um, you know, and I was at that for nine years and something unique is happening here in the span of, you know, a year. And I said this six months ago, like this community, the loyalty, the conversations, the satellite events that they're creating amongst themselves, the traveling that they're doing to be with us or to be with each other in different markets. It's, it's something that I've never seen before. We dropped a merch page because everyone was asking us for merch. Like, we didn't do this as like a revenue stream. We sold out that day, brought in like, I don't know, $100,000 of merchandise, you know, on these incredible sneakers that were very expensive to create and these awesome hoodies. So like, you know, I, I think, I think the, the ability to have this community and them essentially becoming brand ambassadors on your behalf, it, it's like where this, this crew, this tribe and, it, it it's really remarkable. It's it's refreshing. It's exciting. I go to the events. You know, Travis said some really kind things about my presence, and it's the same as Josh and Connor and Gary. Like, we're we're grateful to be there. We're you know we know that we're the creators and all of that, but like, okay, after we you know after we we remove that type that piece, like we're at these events, generally all in a very fortunate place you know, in New York City are these awesome cities enjoying incredible food and beverage with creative people, you know, throwing parties, talking about things that are interesting. Like, 
how could you not be pumped about all of that? And then, you know, there's, you know, and then, you know, we're building something and you're seeing that come to life and we're having fun while we're doing it. And then there's just momentum and it's just, it's, we leave these things and it makes us want to do more. Um, we're having a lot of fun with it. You know, we're, we're grateful for it all. We're working really hard. We've had a lot of challenges with it. I'll be, you know, you, you brought up a word before, you know, a lot of these companies just did this to raise a bunch of money, you know, and, and for us, it was always thought about differently. Like we use the word generated, you know, I think a lot of companies are thinking about this, you know, in an improper way. Like all of this is just revenue. There's revenue, there's expenses. You bring in revenue and then you use those expenses to build a brand. And hopefully the idea is that, you know, your revenue exceeds your expenses and there's something left to then continue to invest, to then continue to build that brand and grow. That's the way we're thinking about things. We brought in whatever the, the amount was, 14 million bucks or whatever, and that was income. Right. And we paid tax on that money, you know, income tax, sales tax. We're going to be the most, I, I pride ourselves on it. I think we're the most tax forward, you know, tax uh, um, responsible NFT group in the country. Oh, nice. I believe that because I talk to a lot of our peers and they're not thinking about taxes. They're looking at it as a way to like, you know, bypass, you know, doing projects and just like make a bunch of money and like that's their profit and, or they bypass, you know, raising money a traditional way. And like, that's not the way we're thinking about things. We've generated money, you know, we're fortunate for the way that we did it. You know, it's a more modern way of thinking about things. We have taxes, we have expenses, we have GNA, we have payroll, we have legal, we have marketing, we have branding, we have engineering, and hopefully we're good enough and strategic enough that, you know, there, there's money left over to continue to reinvest and continue to do this year after year and build a big business, because that's what our intent is. Yeah, I'm curious, you know, like one of the things I think for, I, I, I appreciate that, like transparency on that. And one of the things I think that is under estimated or undervalued, or I think a lot of people are kind of misunderstanding in web three is that transition online, offline. Right. And I think, you know, one, one, you know, like one person will say like, well, how do you scale that? The fact that you guys are there, you're so, you know, in person, you're so connecting with, you know, the likes of like, you know, the, the, those that are holding uh, the passes. And I think usually like that, like narrative of like, how do you scale that? It to me is always a funny way of people like, trying to like break down something that they, they haven't even taken step one yet. You're trying to like figure out how people aren't going to solve step two, but I, I'm curious for those that like are listening, right? Like even if someone's not trying to do it at the scale you're doing, but they're trying to say like, I want to provide, I want to provide this community. I want to engage, interact with this community online, provide them value. You know, you've, you've done, you know, events, pop-up events around different location as well as, you know, the, in the New York side, how, what are some of like the things that you have to take into account? Because, I mean, one of them is location, right? Because people do have to have either the ability to travel in or they need to be um, in that general region. And I, I know for me, one of the things was, you know, I immediately was like, well, hey, at least it's East Coast, right? Like from a, from my own personal standpoint. But like, yep. how, what are some of like those like lessons that you've yep. learned, David? And then Travi, I'd love to hear your take on like how you also take the conversation of Flyfish Club because there, with everything that's hyper-exclusive, there's also a narrative of like, must be nice, or I wish I was in, but I'm not. So like, 
I'm curious on that point, David, and then I'll, I'll kick it to you, Travi. I'm yeah. curious to your take on a lot, that. A lot of questions there to unpack. Um, I'll start with a, a couple. First, the main, you know, 2022, the roadmap was extremely important because it served as a bridge between our promise and then securing the real estate and building the club. And that was very important for us to, I think, gain trust and for us to feel comfortable to come out with this, you know, crazy, exciting, ludicrous project. So that was the first part. I bring that up because, you know, we've done so many events this year in all different markets. You know, as we grow, every year is not going to have that that abundance of all these large scale events in a lot of different markets. We're going to find the proper cadence to do them and where to pop up and what's the most, you know, high touch, high value. But we're going to have other priorities that I have to be honest about, which is going to be to be running the the operation in that in that market. How do we scale? First and foremost, the idea of scale is is a luxury and the way to scale is to execute and to be very head down. Right. It almost sounds counterintuitive, but like if we do a very good job today and we execute the first one, we believe that we have an ability to grow this in other like minded markets. And that is definitely the plan, but it comes with all the hard work today. You know, it, how do you replicate our efforts of being so present and high touch? I think you asked. You know, each one of these, you know, you could call them markets, you know, fly fish, New York, right? That's the first one. You know, give or take, once we get to the proper system and understanding it and get a little bit better um, with our processes and the strategy and know exactly what we're doing and, you know, what we're looking for, we think we could replicate this a little bit faster. Um, so it might not be a, a two year or two and a half year runway. It might be give or take like an 18 month runway, you know, for each city, you know, 18 month, 24 month. And there likely could be some overlap on some of those months of opening one city and signing a lease and doing some of the pre-development work in another city, right? So I would be lying to you if I said that I'm not thinking about the second city right now and putting in some of the legwork right now to bypass some of that time. Right. However, I'm also being very thoughtful and realistic about certain things that can be done and certain things that would be overextending to be done right now until we get a little bit more momentum and proof of concept in New York. You know, we don't need this to be a 30, 50 unit, you know, global scale business to have a very big business you know if if you look at what we've done and you look at the square footage of fly fish club and just general you know average you know sales per foot guidelines you know give or take again and this is assuming we execute and people continue to have trust in what we're doing which is a lot of big ifs Right. But I believe that we're going to do that. And I believe that there will be that market because we're going to um, work really hard to do so. You know, if each project is give or take a 10, 12, 8, $15 million revenue generating NFT, you know, 
selling of memberships, you know, of people that are excited to join our club in like-minded cities. And each project, you know, give or take 8,000 to 12,000 square feet, each one will be different, but they're going to be of certain scale because you need a certain amount of space to create really interesting complementary experiences within the club. We're not just looking for just a restaurant. We always want there to be a restaurant and a robust bar and some cool, you know, exclusive separate dining experience and something that is special for the market that we're in. So to do that, you need space, you know, so give or take 8,000, 10,000, 12,000 feet. And assuming these places are not empty and that's where that comes down to us being good at what we do and creating a place that people want to be at. And then it also flips the dialogue and flips the responsibility on people like Travi and our members of us being in it together. And if we're creating something that people like, and they're also invested and want to be there, you know, they unlock the value of the token by them being at these places. And if they don't use the token and they just treat it like a, you know, collectible digital thing, the club's not going to be as great as it could be as if people are there. So assume all of these things happen, which are some big assumptions, but I believe are, are capable and that will do. Each project, you know, the operating business could be an eight, 10, 12, $15 million annual revenue generating business, you know, give or take a thousand a foot in sales, which is, you know, a rough estimate um, of places that I've been involved in, you know, sometimes a lot more, sometimes a little bit less, but, you know, average of these types of environments. And you take an NFT, you know, membership model you know, and you put those together with an overlap of a new one coming online with the operating business of the existing one happening while a new one is now, you know, starting to happen, you have something interesting and play this out, you know, with a lot of hard work and a lot of, you know, hopeful luck and putting in the work to influence the luck and community, you know, involvement and everybody showing up. And if it works, you know, six, seven, eight, nine units, you know, this is well over a hundred million dollar business, you know, in a handful of, of years. So, yeah, I mean, I, that picture, I, I love that picture you're painting. Cause I think that's a visual that most aren't thinking. And it's scale, but it's, it's also us being very present. I believe that we go in each market, we set up shop, we engage, we do exactly what we're doing, put in, you know, train and educate and hire the right people that could create that culture and could help us hold down the fort while we're also now spending some time in other markets. You know, Josh, myself, Connor and Gary are very complimentary to one another. You know, Connor and Josh, you know, from a culinary standpoint, you know, one could be in one market where the other one is holding it down. You know, Gary and I could really leverage each other. We've got an also another great, you know, six current full-time employees that, you know, are learning our way and that team is going to build. You know, we do this right and we do it thoughtfully and we could build culture and really have a proper team 
and that could help us spread our wings. And I think that we could have a big business while also remaining very present and making sure that we don't lose, you know, the high touch and the specialness of what we're creating. I love that. I love that. So, tra- tra- I mean, I mean, too. No, and I and I love the. I mean, I think the the picture of that is, you know, I think people understanding kind of like not only that growth, but also like this is also like the validation of having the business understanding of what this is growing, right? Like, I mean, I I feel like you mentioned like there might be others that are either you know copying or emulating or wanting to achieve. Like a lot of them are coming the other direction where they're not going to understand, you know, square shit, you know, square footage uh, and revenue model, right? And even understanding scaling different locations, like that's, that's such a scary thing for me to think people right. are going to invest in something where the people don't have your experience and your knowledge, right? That's you so nailed it. And listen, I hope success for all these guys, but like I'm reading about them and I'm talking to some of these people. They've reached out to us you know, we'll fly fish license to them. Half the things you're reading about are people that originally asked if fly fish would be the operator of the brand that we've respectfully turned down, by the way. Yep. Separate to that, you know, these people are coming out with these crazy experiences with these very high value propositions. You know, I hope they deliver, but I'm concerned, like how many people could deliver on Here's a $100,000 token, a $300,000 token. These wild ideas that, you know, are just that much more emphasis of obligations and expectations that you have to either match or over deliver on. I'm nervous about that. And then how do you over deliver on that? How do you scale that? Yeah. How do you, you know, ours was expensive for a lot of people. But I'd argue that I think that it's almost cheaper than a lot of these other member clubs. When you look at everything we're doing, our events, we probably spend, you know, somewhere in the tune of $750 to $1,000 a member at each event. Just on the events, I think our members have gotten almost their tokens worth out of the events, let alone the club, let alone the community, let alone the Discord. You know, I'm really worried about some of these 50, 100,000, 200,000, $400,000 price points of these experiences on, I look at a lot of that as a money grab and I'm really worried. Yeah, and I, do have, I have to say this too. You talked a little bit earlier about building trust. And you know, I think that even we talked about the roadmap, there was not one person I spoke to that at any point was like, I bet they're not going to go ahead and build this restaurant. Like if anything, we got closer and you added more. And I think you saw like we I think you understood that even from the very first event that you put together and then added more and added more. Like there are guys that, you know, we met through the Fly Fish Club, like, you know, Dylan, Brian and Chris, like we go out and play. Yeah, golf. yeah. Love, I love those pictures, by the way. Absolutely. And thanks for thanks for, you know, following and all that. But and, and that's what it is like. We are, as you said, like brand ambassadors for what Fly Fish Club really could be. And it's exciting to think about different cities. But we're really right now, like I know a lot of us fans, well, you mentioned kind of being on the East Coast and all that. But I think one of the really important things is that, you know, one of the things you also said too is like that that must be nice conversation. And I have to say this, like, you know, it, first of all, anybody can go on, you know, OpenSea and, and get a token right now. So it's it's not as if there's none listed. So it's, you know, it's, it's a little different than something like a CryptoPunk was really kind of hard to, to come by. But, you know, it's, it's not like I was some celebrity, 
you know, and, and had all these millions of dollars and said, I want to buy this really expensive JPEG that will hopefully give me membership somewhere. Um, I work with kids with special needs and behavioral disabilities, and you know, I, I just wanted to support really good projects because I personally love what the blockchain can do uh, for a lot of a lot of different industries and stuff. And then, you know, just a little bit kind of down my personal rabbit hole, my wife was supposed to see Gary speak at uh, our company retreat. Um, he, you know, he spoke down in Austin uh, at the real estate convention there. And um, we had very young babies. I think one was like a few months old and uh, she couldn't, you know, she couldn't go to that. And I, that was the end of 2020, oh, that was like 2021. And I, my new year's resolution was at some point in 2022, I will find a way for you to meet Gary, right? And, and we were able to do that through the accessibility and utility of the Fly Fish Club. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't have just personally, you know, splurged on the Fly Fish Club token if it wasn't for really believing in the people who were, who were running it, you know, because I knew I could have probably got VCon tickets and try to take her there or something like that. But there was just something a little bit special about what was being built, you know, among the Fly Fish Club community. So. You know, Fanzo, the, the must be nice conversation is really sort of annoying because, you know, I think a lot of people who say that did put a lot of money into the markets. Right. And, and where they were playing JPEG roulette, you know, when Roddy was going the other way and Capon and, and Hanlon were going the other way and they were just like, they, they weren't saying, hey, we need an NFT project and then going backwards and being like, hey, what utility can I add to this? There was, right. This is what we do. And now we can leverage it using the power of the blockchain. Now, man i mean as much as possible everything is intentional from the team you know we're at this all day and i you know you said there you know there's nobody that was unhappy or uncomfortable i appreciate that um my guess is that they're probably about you know discord is a very specific subset right it's not you know i know tons of our members a lot of my friends they're not in the discord they're not on social media they're you know, very busy doing what they do. And, you know, to them, they joined, you know, for the excitement of a members club in New York when it opens. And also they followed me and they wanted to support me, you know, in my venture and believe that it will be somewhere fun and interesting to be a part of, you know. You know, for, uh, you know I just want to throw in real quick on that because like, because there there's an element, right? So for those that can go back and listen, right? January 7th was your mint date. You know, I did a podcast every day and anyone can go back. I want you to go back and listen to that episode I did on that day. Cause I made it very clear, like from my view, right. I was, I had invested in buying an NFT every day for a year. So we bought 365 uh, NFTs and I made it clear that if I hadn't taken on that endeavor, that I would be getting a fly fish club that day. And like, and I put that out in the sense of, for me, the trust was really, and, and no shade, this isn't a shade to Gary, but when I saw Gary was involved, I was like, well, I want to see below the covers, right. I want to see who else is the activation because you know, I think for a lot of this space, it's like, you know, where does the activation go from there? But then yeah. I also think one of the other components of this that, that and the Travi, this is where like the must be nice thing, I think, is just the, you know, it's the evolving of every early adoption culture that exists, right? Because we all made calculated mistakes and calculated decisions, right? Risk versus reward in many cases. And a lot of people were going for 20x return in, you know, in seven days. Others were going for what can I invest in that will probably pay off dividends, like you said, already delivered in many cases. But I, I want to tie that into like, so January 7th, minted, minted out. I mean, remember, it was like literally within within seconds. Um, and I, I can't remember where I was 
I was with like two others. I remember we were we were watching it on our, on our phone. But there's also the element of there are you know right now I'm on OpenSea. You know there's one percent of them uh, are currently listed. You know market conditions are market conditions. Yeah. Uh, I don't really care about floor price to floor price. But I I'm curious, David, for those someone that's listening, if they were to go on and buy a, a Fly Fish Club membership today, take me through like what does that look like from ownership to get access to a Discord? What are some of the like Break me yeah. through that component because I don't think a lot of people were in it. Like we were, like in, like I know the whole the mechanics because of that day. But yeah, break us through that little process. I'll walk you through that, and just to just say one last thing on what Travis said before, like you know, they're negative people really are vocal, right? And they spread negativity a lot more than some of the positive people. So I want to say that there are about one or two percent of the people weren't happy because they're never happy. Uh, you know, there are haters, you're not opening. You know, there was stuff in the Discord. You that's guys are odds though, right? Like that's good odds, especially the hospitality yeah. space if you only have one or two percent. I think that's low, but it happened. And you know, I I I wrestled with this throughout the year, you know, of like, hey guys, like we're real operators. I'm out with developers five days a week. I'm you know, we're at Edo, we're building this, we've got projects in Vegas we're developing, like we're building our pipeline right now. And you don't want to see me in this discord. So, you know, if you are, that means like, we're not here to pump anything. We're not here to manipulate a floor price. We're here to work. And this is just the ancillary, you know, reality of the project we did is that it's on the blockchain with NFTs and there's an open sea and, you know, all that stuff. But I appreciate, you know, you saying that nobody was negative, but there were a handful. And that was a challenge for me of like trying to manage around that and be, transparent about what we were dealing with about supply chain issues with developers and them not being able to, you know, give us a lease because they got delayed or developers retrading on us, which happened three times. I was, I was almost signing three different deals in this year and almost, you know, three months in 25 grand legal on each one of these. And then something happened globally you know, whether it was the financial markets, crypto collapse, you know, the war, whatever it may have been, that just made somebody uncomfortable to proceed with Fly Fish Club. And that was something else that I had to deal with. So there was all these challenges. We overcame it. And, you know, it was always just a challenge of like how much to communicate, you know, to this group while I'm operating every day. I want to give them confidence, but I don't want to set the wrong precedent that like I'm not working for you. I'm working for this business. We're doing what we believe is right. I appreciate what everybody's saying. I want to try to give you comfortability, but let there be no mistake. I'm not here to pump the discord. And, and I think what's happened by being so authentic and people now really believing, and I think, you know, parlay this into OpenSea, which is on my screen right here. There's 1% that are listed. There's probably 25 tokens that are available, 25, 30, 20. The supply to demand ratio is really healthy. There's a lot less supply than there is demand. More people want this and that are selling them. So I look at that and I compare it just, just in my own gauge of like, you know, compared to other projects. And I think I know that we're doing a great job and I'm very proud but I also think it's translated in this web three world. That's a very difficult world to please because most projects are well below min price. Right. Most projects are a fraction of min price. 
Well, you can't control the value of Ethereum to USD. Everybody is facing that, you know, upside down correlation. But, you know, the quality of your project and the amount of Ethereum is a, is a benchmark to how people are perceiving and the supply dyna demand dynamic. And our Flyfish token is well above the min price. And our Flyfish Omakase is three to four X the min price. Mm. I don't know many projects that have that. Right. So I look at that and it gets me very excited and proud. How do we, you know, what's the process? People buy a membership, which is, you know, just really the NFT part. Right. The rest then we take you off chain. You have to then register your token on flyfishclub.com. You fill out a profile, which then allows you to become a member. Right. Um, and there's going to be more. Travi will experience this and all of our members. There's more to come on that. There's, you know, different things that, you know, they're going to have to read and agree to of, you know, the rules of being a member of Flyfish Club. What does that mean to come into this club? Things that are being evolved and are further iterations as we continue to develop, what does the actual club mean? And what are these experiences at the club? You know, what are the, what are the standards? What are the rules around it? There, there has to be this community and how this club functions. So there's gonna be more that happens on that, but essentially we bring you off chain, you become a person, we get to know you. Um, and this way we could go above and beyond and actually treat you like a human being and not a very long number on the blockchain. And we can then deliver hopefully exceptional experiences for our members. We know your birthday, we know what you like, we know what you dislike, we know where you live generally. You know, and this will allow us to provide experiences for our members. It'll allow you to make reservations. It'll allow you to come to Flyfish Club and we can authenticate who you are without doing this and connecting, you know, restaurant, you know, CRMs and things that we've relied on for years, you know, with blockchain technology, we're creating proprietary technology that that marries the two while also relying on tried and true, you know, platforms and technologies in the restaurant space that we could count on from, you know, table management softwares to um, POS platforms to things that we're creating ourselves to, you know, bridge that gap and bring people from, you know, blockchain, OpenSea, you know, all of the stuff that, you know, people have now become familiar with to restaurant, you know, members that, um, you know, have to be managed and, and taken care of in a different way. I love that. I love that path. And like, you know, Travi, I, I will say, you know, seeing your photos, right. I think there's like that balance, right. Cause like it's inclusive and you know, it's, a, it needs to be inclusive, but exclusive. Right. So you have to like, how do you, and you mentioned like you get, you know, the luxury of a lot of the photos and like seeing the proud dad moment of, uh, of your little one and, 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 you know, with Gary, and then also, you know, even the, the photos, I think, you know, you, you and I text on a, on a regular basis on, you know, being able to interact with, you know, people getting to know, uh, a lot of those humans, you know, I think there's that, like that component doesn't 
isn't portrayed in OpenSea, right? Like even, even like, I mean, the 1% listed, you know, I look through that and, you know, and I'm like a geek for the data, right? So I, I like, I look through each person's wallet that has it listed. I go and look at their activity because I was just curious today, this morning we were researching for this. And like, it's so interesting to me because, you know, some have more than one, right? Or some, some have, if you look at their wallet, it's the entire wallet's dumping, right? So they have a lot of things and I'm, you know, so against the, the cell shaming conversation, right? Because people have to make their decisions, you know, as yeah. they go. But the beauty of this is like you mentioned, building in public and transparent, it has its, you know, wins and its losses, right? Like the fact that like, and I've said this for a long while, like when, if a gym membership, two gyms in our local area, both are, are you know, conveying their memberships via uh, NFTs, we can pretty much decide which gym has a better experience by which has more listed on the, on the blockchain than the other one, like in a, in a very interesting, you know, component, which we will, you know, move to very soon. But in your case, we're not really comparing it to anything other than random, you know, I say random JPEGs, but like, that's not really what that side is, but it's, it's harder to compare some of those uh, experiences. So Travi, I'm curious, from your take as a as a holder, and I know a little bit of this just from you know you and I back and forth. But share from a from your perspective. Let's talk about that. Like you mentioned the community and the people, but I got messages about the food and the conversation over the table. Probably if I say like one of the most recent ones. Talk to me about that experience that you've been able to receive from the the actual you know like you know going there and getting that in real life you know uh, experience at the you know at the location. Well, it's hard to explain, honestly, um, because, you know, we, there, you know, Roddy, I, I don't, I don't know if I helped to bury this lead, but the location's officially announced. So yeah. we definitely have to talk about that. But what, what Roddy and the team has been doing, Panzo, is they've been curating these experiences for us and they've been, they've all been incredibly unique from one another. So whether it was the pop-up event um, during VCon, or like I said earlier, there was the Miami boat party. There was uh, an event during the summer at the Hamptons. There was an event during NFT NYC um, and the one that we just had at Tau, which is where the announcement for the location came. That was a surprise. Like that wasn't something that, you know, I knew was on the roadmap. And then the Amakase experiences as well for those holders, they're, they're very you know, you know, intimate. And, and that's that's kind of like a, a great they all have an exclusive VIP feel to it. But the, the food and drinks have always been provided. And that's something too. like Roddy mentioned how much it costs per member to throw an event. And that's why, like, it's very easy to just, well, I don't, I don't mean easy financially, but it, it would be easier to just say, okay, you have a ticket to this event, go and enjoy. But, you know, the fact that they're showing up live and in person to, you know, cheers with us and, you know, you know pick, pick from the, whether it's a buffet or the past hors d'oeuvres or, or a meal or something like that. And it just goes to show you, like, this is before we're even in the, the brick and mortar actual location yet. And, you know, speaking of location, uh, and people, we talked about people in the community. There have been some announcements lately, I guess, through personal accounts, whether it's you know, through Twitter and Instagram. And, you know, I, I don't want to announce everybody, but uh, in Snoop Dogg's, you know, Crip Your Enthusiasm video, the, the Fly Fish Club is actually, you know, represented there in the video and kind of like running around the metaverse. So, you know, I when we when we first started, whether it's January, February, March, the community was like, what would what would we really want to see like live and in person? Uh, other than, of course, hats, which is very important to all of it. But it was like, for me, my bucket list items were I'd love to just dine with Shaq and I'd love to just hang with Snoop Dogg. And those are two people I know that, you know, through the last, I was like, wait a second, they're both pretty close with Gary and the team. So who knows, maybe that could come come into play. But, you know, Fanzo, I think the idea is 
we we've never doubted the food and beverage. We never doubted the hospitality. I think it was just a matter of how how is this going to look once you know once it does become later into the roadmap. And as I said, like the surprise and delight factor has been off the charts, and that's a testament to Gary and the team. Yeah, and I'll confidently say, and you know, we did a great event, uh, you know, in the Hamptons with JG. We did some awesome events at Tau. You know, all the all the places we've done were very specifically chosen, and food and beverage have been great. Um, you know, I'm, I'm uh, probably jaded on this, but I, I think I'm confident to say that I think the food that we're going to do, you know, we're working with reputable places when we do these events, and we know that they provide a great experience. Right. That's not our food, though. Right. You know, we work with them. We pick the right items. We, you know, spend time with their chefs. We, you know, Capon and Connor do their thing. Um, but Flyfish Club's going to be our food in our facility with our equipment designed in gorgeous kitchens with a team of people that are going to provide hospitality the way we design. And I think it's going to land much better because it'll be an entire experience that's fully curated by us. So I think we got a glitch in the matrix. We you guys there? Oh yeah, you're back. You're good. Yeah, I think by of the entire experience being in a fly fish club, you know, designing it from start to finish in a gorgeously designed restaurant with a team of people that are grateful for all of our members to be there with beautiful food designed by Capon and Connor and then Flyfish Omakasi with Masa Ito and Kevin Kim and Capon and Connor, you know, with Gary being in the mix and all of our wonderful community added in athletes and celebrities and philanthropists and financiers and entrepreneurs and tech moguls. Like, I'm just gonna say that we're gonna have it all there. I'm pumped about it. And yes, you're probably seeing some names pop up in Discord or athletes show up. And um, I think there'll be a lot more of that. I think that the club is going to be a great mix of awesome people that want to hang out, want to enjoy great social experiences and um, want to have a good time. So we're excited about it. Love that. Love that. Give us a little taste. So you said the locations announced. Give us a little taste on that location and what uh, what that looks like. <laughs> We signed uh, a lease at 141 East Houston. Uh, the ownership group is East End Capital. Uh, got to know, you know, one of the proprietors, Jonathan Yormack, who's becoming a close friend, really smart guy. He's an operator like us, you know, never too big to jump on a call and deal with the, you know, deal with all the things that we need to talk through. So we just kind of hit it off from the beginning. Ironically, this was the first place we toured in August of 2021. So bring, bring that full circle. And we looked at this building, it wasn't done. We weren't ready to commit to it. We went on that you know, long journey of looking at 80 plus venues with our, our real estate team from Rip, Ripco, Richard Skolnick and Lindsey Zegans. And they wanted to kill me because you know we kept looking at more spaces for a year and a half, but um, yeah, it was a long process. We started at this place, um, liked it, but didn't see the finished product, you know, came back to it a few times, watch it get built. Roger Ferris, uh, an acclaimed architect designed the building. He also ironically designed 
uh, John George's place in, in Bridgehampton, which was, you know, ironic, coincidental that we did an event there. Beautiful building, nine stories, um, modern, beautiful, and just an ownership team. You know, it all comes down to the other person on the other side of the table or transaction. You know, we, we shared similar philosophies. They, they were excited about our use. They weren't worried about it. They thought what we were doing was very innovative. They liked progressive concepts. And we hit it off, figured out the business terms. And, you know, transparently, it was one of the faster deals. You know, it took a year and many months to get comfortable with the place that we secured. But from, you know, business terms and LOI phase where you kind of create the framework of a deal to execution of a lease, it was record time. It was about, you know, inside baseball. It was about five to six weeks wow. on, on that piece because we found the right partnership and the right, you know, developer and, and shared, you know, similar interests and there were no games. And I understood that what was important for him, he understood that what was important for us. And we found that overlap where we could both exist to create a deal that was fair and exciting and aligned everybody's interests, which is the, the focus that we always, that at least I try to do when coming up with, you know, with, with deals, which is something that is fair. No one's too greedy. And you look for long-term relationships that could be there for a long time. And, and East End Capital was that for us. And it came full circle, which was a beautiful thing. And we got three floors, you know, about 11,000 square feet, ground level with an outdoor courtyard, um, cellar, and then sub-cellar. All floors are beautiful footprints, high ceilings, nothing's compromised. Some are columnless. The ones that have columns are, are not many. Um, this is, you know, more information than we've shared elsewhere. So you're getting some of the inside scoop. Um, you know, we're engaging the best kitchen designers, some of the best designers, you know, from a, you know, front of house look, touch and feel standpoint. We're going to engage one of the best, you know, general contractors in Manhattan, you know, developing a team of, you know, best in class trades, you know, that are going to tackle this ambitious project together probably going to be about a year of work, you know, design, permitting, construction. Um, anybody that's built something of this scale understands what this takes. Yeah. And we anticipate to be open towards the end of next year, 2023. Nice. Um, we're pumped. We're excited. We're nervous. And we're going to treat everything like the same way. Our head down, you know, treat everything as – you know, these are very big decisions, but treat each one as the only thing that's on our plate. You know, a bunch of mac micro decisions that'll all lead to, you know, the macro, you know, which is the opening of this club next year with a bunch of wonderful people next to us, you know, cheersing, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, feeling the reward and the, and the excitement and the triumph together with this community that's, you know, been with us, you know, along this journey. I love it. I, and congrats. I mean, it's, I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting to, you know, all those things coming together. I appreciate some of that, uh, you know, alpha, some things that you dropped ahead of time. Uh, Trevi, I'll give you kind of uh, anything, the last thing you want to throw in there. I, I know we've 
held you guys for you know a little over an hour now, but I love this discussion. So, Travi, I'll throw it over to you. Uh, you know, I just think it's it's funny because a lot of things are made about the markets in general. A lot of things are made about you know crypto in general, but. The, the things I'm most bullish on are the things that, you know, I, I was bullish on before I ever heard of NFTs. It's just the, the, the companies that are leveraging the blockchain and NFTs to do something to bring it to the next level. That's what makes me excited. That's what I'm excited about with Flyfish Club. I've been excited, you know, since our the first episode you and I had back in June where I was talking about it. And there's there's another there's another level to to this. I don't I don't even think of this as the game. There's there's an NFT game people are playing. There's a flipping and trading game people are playing. But you know this is one that most people I talk to are you know diamond handing. We can't wait for the opening. And I hope you have high ceilings there uh, because Snoop is a pretty tall guy. <laughs> for sure, everything you said I completely agree. I appreciate. We've got very high ceilings for. Hopefully the likes of Snoop and other, you know, tall people. And um, yeah, guys, appreciate you guys having me. And, you know, I really enjoyed it. I love the dynamic with Travi because he could call bullshit on anything that I'm saying that's not accurate. Um, you know, we're we're gonna keep doing what we're doing. So appreciate everybody's vote of confidence. But um, we're gonna put in the work. We're gonna deliver. We're gonna have fun along the way. Have some great food and beverage along the way with, you know, with everybody that's a part of this. And, um, yeah, go to the next step. I love it. I love it. And so for our listeners, you know, one of the things I always like to kind of wrap everyone's head around this as we kind of pull this episode together is that we also have to recognize that, you know, in this space as early adopters, there's going to be haters. There's going to be naysayers. And let's face it. There's a lot of people that aren't making it easy for any of us to help others be believers. But if you listen to this episode and you understand what you know what is being built, how the the you know, the desire to over deliver, the fact that you're bringing in <clears throat> experts teamed up with multiple different ways, this is a use case and an example that at your Christmas yeah. table, at your Hanukkah table, that you can talk about NFTs and not have to blink an eye, not have to convince someone that a, a picture of a monkey is worth multiple millions of dollars because you get other pictures of monkeys and dogs and something in the metaverse, right? This is a use case and an example that provides a tangible, you know, ex something for someone to go, oh, that NFT. And like the beauty of it is I don't have to go harass some holder and say, let me buy your membership up for you that you're no longer using. I can literally go on, buy on the blockchain. And David just walked us through that process. To me, that's the beauty of having a conversation like this is that for all of us, I believe anyone that listened to this episode, you now are more prepared to help facilitate the beauty of what NFTs, uh, you know, deliver for all of us. So, you know, David, thanks so much for joining us. This My was a lot pleasure. of fun. Appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. I look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Travi, look forward to seeing you soon. Two beautiful babies right there behind you. I love seeing that. And uh, yeah, Brian, thanks for having me, man. A fan of what you do. Love the daily purchase of the NFT. I think that's awesome. And uh, yeah, looking forward to hanging out with you guys soon. Yep, sounds good. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Until tomorrow, cheers. Thank you for listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. Join our email list to keep up with all things NFT 365. We appreciate you spending a little of your time with us. And as always...